Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you for joining with me today. We're going to continue going uh, through the first chapter of Luke, looking at the uh, the birth narrative, as they say, uh, the information that the Lord gives us about His birth when he uh, came the first time around. And so we're looking at Zacharias. <clears throat> Zacharias had just had an encounter with the angel. Remember this? And the angel had told him what was going to happen. and He was going to have a son. And remember what's going to happen when this son's going to be born. Okay, his name's going to be John. He said, you're going to have joy and gladness. Many are going to rejoice at his birth, that John would be great in the sight of the Lord. He will not drink wine or liquor. He'd be filled with the Holy Spirit while he's yet in his mother's womb. That's a wild one, isn't it? And that John would turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. He would be the forerunner of Messiah, of him who would come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He would be the one that would be prophesied, in other words, that he would turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, that he would turn the disobedient to righteousness, and he would make the people ready for the Lord. And so you would think that when you hear that type of word spoken about a child that you're going to have, that you would be ecstatic. What was Zechariah's response? How do I know this is going to happen? I'm old. My wife is old. I mean, a little bit of a priestly curmudgeon here, okay? I mean, that's literally what he said. And so uh, the angel Gabriel comes back and says, are you kidding me? I'm the one that stands in the presence of God. And I've been sent here to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, You'll be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Some really, really, really interesting things about uh, how and why Gabriel was able to do that, which I'm not going to get into right now. It's really beyond what we're examining at the moment. But uh, let me just put it this way. Uh, The Most High God does give his creation uh, Uh, opportunities to make decisions and to do things. And even uh, uh, angels like this and those that you see in the scripture of the divine counsel, which is an interesting thing, that the Lord has something he wants to be done. The Lord God has something he wants to be done. But he gives uh, the angels here discretion to respond and do some things. So Gabriel, people say, well, God must have told Gabriel to say this in this way. Mm, Not exactly, but it was what the Lord wanted. Okay. So that's why I'm saying it's something really, really interesting. So what happened after that? Verse 21. Well, the people were waiting for Zacharias, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. They were wondering why it was taking so long for him to offer the incense there, at, at the, the altar of incense in the holy place, and he didn't come out. So we don't know how long this whole encounter lasted here. When you read it, right, you can read the whole thing in 30 seconds. But it was delayed to some point to where the people began to wonder. Then verse 22, but when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. So he came out, and he's trying to talk to them, and he's making signs and all this kind of stuff, and he was trying to explain what happened. How did they realize that he had seen a vision in the temple? Well, maybe because he couldn't speak, and eventually at the end of uh, when he's making signs, and I feel sure somebody brought a tablet out for him to write on or something like that, that they realized what it was. It may be because of the countenance upon him, you know, an angelic residue, shall we say. Whatever it was, they knew something would happen. 
and they knew that he was struck mute because of him. So verse 23 says, when the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. Okay, so his service, uh, I think it lasted two weeks, that type of thing. So he goes back home. Verse 24, and after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, uh, well, let me just read what she said. This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. She was barren, and in her society, it was considered to be a disgrace, as it is in many societies today, to not be able to have a child. I just want us to think about this, just in the time we have left, okay? So we'll think slow here. You know, so often we read the scripture like this, and we forget that these are real people, okay? And these are people just like me and you. These are people who live lives like you and I are doing. And so often, just one little phrase will encapsulate something that occurred. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months. Just think about that. Zacharias comes home, and he would have explained to Elizabeth, hey, this is what happened. He's unable to speak, so he's going to have to explain to her why he can't speak, right? So he's going to tell her what happened. But then something else happened. At some time, shortly thereafter, Something happened that in all likelihood had not happened in a long, long time. There was a time of marital intimacy here. You know, we saw earlier when he doubted that they were stricken in years, that they were both old. But something happened where there was an opportunity and there was a time, if we want to say there was one night, okay, <coughs> when all of a sudden there was a time of this marital coming together, which, as I said, may not have happened for a long, long time. Now, you remember, this is long before the little blue pill, right? And can you just imagine what was going through their mind at that time? Here you are uh, experiencing something that perhaps you had not experienced for a long time, knowing that you're going to conceive a child because an angel of the Lord had told you that. And I, we don't know how old they are. I'm thinking they were somewhere around 70, maybe even probably 80 years old. Okay, because it says that they were stricken in years, they were aged, uh, probably 80 years old, had given up hope and having children in any form or fashion. Here an angel appears, you go home, you're mute, you can't say anything. And then one day, here we are experiencing things as they were 50 and 60 years ago. And you're wondering, is this the fulfillment of this? And then shortly thereafter, she realizes something is stirring within her. To me, it's just one of the most uh, glorious things to reflect upon and the pictures reflect upon of how God brings thing, things about in his timing, in his ways. Yes, he used the natural, but the natural had not been working, right? She had been barren. They had probably been, as uh, Scripture describes Abraham and Sarah, as good as dead when it comes to reproductive possibilities. But here, in God's timing, she finds herself with child. I just love that. And I think that's one of the reasons that she kept herself in conclusion and seclusion for five years, because she's saying this is the way the Lord's dealt with me in these days. You know, it sounds negative when you hear it, but it's not. She's just going, I can't believe this is actually happening, that he has found favor and that his favor has been released upon me right here, that he's taken away the grace, that disgrace among men. And she kept herself away, didn't tell anybody, just sort of hid from everything. And you say, well, why five months? Well, what starts happening after about five months? 
yeah, you, it's harder to hide the fact that you're carrying a child. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, you know, just meditate upon these things. This is one of these little nuggets within the birth narrative that's so often not even considered and reflected upon. And I think we do well just to rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. And, you know, there may be things in our life that we've wondered about for decades and things that we've brought before the Lord and wondered if he uh, answered that prayer, if we missed it, if we messed up. Is there any hope? <laughs> there is, folks. Okay. So, again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.